This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Weber. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And happy Honda Days, everybody. This is a... Uh, not uh, sponsored. This not is, sponsoring this, is this totally podcast. Sponsored. This is 100% sponsored. Not happy, sponsoring this podcast. Happy Honda Days, everybody. Not Honda, sponsoring if you want to send me a Honda Accord, you can do it. Happy Honda. That all out. Happy <laughs> if they want to. Hey, Ricky, I'm just being cordial. I walk into, I walked into every party. And said happy Honda Happy days. Honda days. You know, uh, it's rude not to, because yeah. it, it, it includes everybody to your your yeah. Honda days festivities. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, uh, on this podcast, we're going to be talking about our wet boys of the week. Very what? slim pickings. We had trouble picking Yeah. Them. This week was kind of, uh, it's the end of 2017, so I mean, it's kind there of There was like, the Christmas Day games, and then now it's about it. Everyone's taking the week off, getting ready for uh, Monday, which is... Uh, t- 2018. Couldn't get that out of my mouth. Dave made me pick us, so that was a fun fact. <laughs> yeah. uh, then we're talking about the refs because they're bums. They're straight bums. We're mm-hmm. just going to be talking about them and kind of going on a rant for a little bit on that. Then we are talking about the Toronto Raptors. Haven't covered the Raptors. We have a big uh, Toronto uh, loyalty out the there. The law? Yeah. No, law is... Uh, I thought... Oh, no, he's Denver. a nugget. He's, he's a nugget. Um, he's a nugget fan. Um, and then we got uh, Ra- uh, Venji is a Raptor That's fan. what I'm thinking. And then wrapping it I out apologize, Venji. on the podcast, we are going to be talking about Jake's team in the Philadelphia 76ers. But let's jump in, Ricky. We're going to go to your wet boy first. Who you got? Well, mine comes from that Philadelphia 76er team that you mentioned. And he only played one game, and that's J.J. Redick. I mean, 24 points in that game, six boards, but 60% from the field, 50%. And most importantly, got the win on Christmas against the Knickerbockers. Got to go with J.J. That, that was a crazy game. Who is who's your wet boy that you picked, handpicked? That I handpicked. Well, I want, honestly... If we were on one game, it would have been Rondo, mm-hmm. but because he had like a lopsided performance on the one hand. Well, one game was I mean, 25 assists, the other 14, was four. Well, 14.5 <laughs> assists in two games isn't bad. It's not bad, but it's not I, one game I think that's wet boy, I think like, you, wet boy special. I think However, if you said point. 29 assists yeah. in two games, I think that's pretty nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but nonetheless, I did go with his counterpart in Anthony Davis, coming back, laying down the blocks on everybody, and just dominating the game. He dropping like 25 a night. And just absolutely disgusting down low. 25 points per game, 8.5 total rebounds per game, 5 blocks per game. He had 6 in one game, 4 in the other. Yeah, that was ridiculous. He also went 5-5 five five from 3, too. So just because he can stretch the floor now. It's ridiculous. That's what you need. Him and DeMarcus Cousins, and then obviously Rajon Rondo, and you throw in Drew Holiday as well. I mean, absolutely yeah. filthy. Defensively, they're no filthy No disrespect well. to Solomon Hill on the defense, either. Yeah, I'm saying, like, defensively, yeah. they're they're filthy. And if they had, you know, a little more wing help, that would have been, yeah. they, they probably would have, you know, put them a little up higher in the rankings. But we're going to go to my wet boy, Vince Carter, turning back the clock, taking down King James, leading the game in scoring with Willie Cauley-Stein, LeBron James, and K-Love all on the court. Vince Carter dropped 24 points, five rebounds, three assists, shot 83% from the field and 80% from three, getting the win for Sacramento over the Cavs. And now they've beaten the Warriors and Cavs in back-to-back years. Well, and it's funny how you're mentioning Vince Carter here and Wet Boys turning back the clock. Who do you used to play for? Team we're going to talk about today, the Raptors. He did. Look at that. Yeah. Kind, of, kind of bringing it full he, circle he, he there. He got that whole retirement ceremony up there. They gave him the hand. You know. This is why he's a host. What a great <laughs> yeah. segue. Look at that. What a great segue into the Toronto Raptors, but we're talking about the, the, mm-hmm. the refs first, so <laughs> that's kind of yeah. your fault. But anyways, we're moving on now into the NBA 
official talks because on Christmas Day, it was a big kind of, uh, I don't know, commotion uh, mm-hmm. going on. Big to do. Um, at the end of the Cavs-Warriors game, LeBron was driving in, had a pretty fair and open lane. KD comes up behind him, makes contact with the arm. There's a little contact with the ball. LeBron has a crazy expression on his face when it goes into slow-mo. There was no foul called. People thought there was a foul called. Um, LeBron coming out saying that there should have been a call. He th- feels like he's uh, refed uh, differently. He blasted him today uh, saying, I know how I'm officiated. KD said there wasn't a foul today. Uh, Dame has been uh, you know, uh, controversial against uh, refs before. He was unhappy um, when they lost to the Sixers back in November. Um, and the refs even came out uh, and said, uh, I believe, that there was uh, two missed calls um, during the end of that uh, Warriors-Cavs game as well. So the league coming out saying that the refs did a poor job officiating in that game. Uh, mm-hmm. There's also been a ton of texts this this year going against uh, teams. You also look at the Russell Westbrook, uh, Jonas Valanciunas thing. That was ridiculous. JV gets a tech for just trying to get the ball. I look at this and it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I know, Ricky, you're on the side of let's go back to 90s basketball. But Well, I mean, I said that jokingly, but I mean, there's a there's a little bit of... How I'm feeling with the NBA is because here's what I was thinking in my head. In the NFL, we recently had a week or two ago a game where people were criticizing the refs because of a catch-no-catch situation. However, in that situation, you can't sit there and go, these refs are horrible. You go, the rule is horrible. In the NBA, it's, wow, the refs are horrible because – it feels like the way that the game is, the rules of what they're said now with, like, the no hand check and how it is now, it feels like if we're going that way, everything should be a foul. Like, there are guys where, and I'm not saying the KD LeBron thing wasn't a foul, but I feel like it gets to the fact of, like, are we going to call everything? I bump into you, and it's a foul. Well, do you think it should have been a foul, the um, KD LeBron? I would have to rewatch it, but... I would lean towards no only because the magnetism of the situation. However, like I said, I'd have to rewatch it. That's though. bullshit. Hold on. That's something that's complete bullshit. I'm, I'm not saying that well, you're you're wrong. Mm-hmm. If you don't think it was a foul, you don't think it was a foul. Yeah. But the whole thing that about like, oh, it's playoff basketball. It's fourth quarter basketball. It's still basketball. Mm-hmm. You need yeah, to call the fouls the, when they happen. That's the, the whole point of fucking refs. The, thi- the thing I don't like the most is I agree with Draymond Green. I hate the two-minute report because it's basically really? – Well, it's basically like – Hey, let's put our refs on blast. I think it and why has are, some accountability. And why, well, and why are we only focusing on the last two minutes? And because it's also not changing anything. It, it doesn't change anything at the moment, but it does change the way that refs view the game overall. Has because it? Does yes. it? That's why we're having this conversation. It's I not like the does. two minute uh, the two minute report's getting shorter with every single game. They still keep fucking up. Mm-hmm. No, but every year they and you can see this after last year. They went back, looked at the rules, looked at what happened from all the two-minute reports throughout the year, and made adjustments. You see how James Harden no longer gets the every time I throw my yeah. hands near you know, the hoop and pull people's arms into mine, I'm getting fouls. Like, things change. It's just over time you have to watch it happen. That's the thing is the, the NBA, and I, I think it's ridiculous mm-hmm. that you're anti like the two-minute thing because it's awesome because, yes, as a fan, it gives you like a, hey, we knew we were right. We were right. The players get the same thing. Coaches get a chance to write in after every game for missed calls. Like, that's part of the rules. That's part of the agreement. So I, I don't think there's any problem with that. And I think it's just something over time we're going to learn to, you know, continue to adapt the game. Well, if we're using it for that, then why do – my only criticism would be why are we waiting until the end of the year? 
it's, to no, make those changes. Because you don't make changes during the middle of the year. You can't change the rules in the middle no, of the no, season. No, no, no. I'm not saying change the rules, but if it's something like, hey, we should have been calling this more last year, why not be a little bit proactive and be like, yeah, well, you know what? Maybe we should be calling this now. Or and then we should be looking it. more for yeah. the, the calls that It's not that like we're changing rules mid-season. Do. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a ref. I can't yeah. tell I just you. feel like there's, there's, there's not that mm-hmm. change. That's what I feel. I, yeah. When I'm watching these games, I don't feel like there's that progression, like game to game, month to month, that they're ch- continually to change these games. Or ch- continually to I make know these year files correct. I know year they have. I, I can't say month mm-hmm. to month if it's better yeah. worse because the crew's cover different games i don't know yeah. every crew i'm not like you know i'm not yelling at you yeah mm-hmm. you're not and, and why you're saying the, the two minute rule and, and why why last two minutes is because the game is called differently throughout the entire game you don't call the opening five minutes like you call the last five minutes you don't and it's yes to rules me are i rules. find that bullshit though and you can say that mm-hmm. and that's fine that, that's a valid opinion but the the thing at the end of the day is you have to understand that god i just keep i'm sorry the thing is it just needs to be very clear at the end of the game that the refs aren't deciding the game as much as much as possible they're trying not to be the determining factor of who wins the game so they more often than not will swallow their whistle when it's required they keep going to replay for things the one thing that kills Mm -hmm. me and i think uh van gundy nailed it was what you can call or what you can talk about when a replay is going on if you can go back and look at yes it's a ball out but is it a foul is it this is it that should there be a technical like there's so much more that they can improve on the process that needs to be cleared up in the go in the coming future. We'll break some of that down, but real quick, did you think it was a foul on LeBron? Oh hell yeah! Okay, so two the, the, two fouls on one play, one foul on the play before that. So the whole thing is that is a foul. So yeah. why why are we relaxing this back? I know you said mm-hmm. you need to rewatch it. Well, um, and I just did, and it's like I'm gonna say this by the rule. It's a foul. Should be a foul because there is a little hits, bit of contact. He, he hits him on the arm. Yep. Well, it's not when the arm. Over. He hits the hand. But he does hit the arm also. The one thing I will say about Kevin Durant that I liked is, and I'm going to relate this to football even though it doesn't fucking matter, it's like for pass interference. You get a pass interference when you're not trying to locate the ball. His hand was going for the ball the entire time. He hit the ball and stayed with the ball. However, when you went for the ball, you clipped the hand. So, okay, okay but technically like, it should be a foul. Like 80% of the time, guys who are you know mm-hmm. going for the yeah. block, they're going for the ball. I mean, they just make contact. That's the mm-hmm. whole point of the foul. You miss the ball, you're not you're still you know adjusting the shot. Yeah. You're still making forcing them a shot. The whole point that I, I'm trying to make is the fact that the refs are changing from the first five minutes mm-hmm. to the last five minutes of the first half to the first five minutes of the third quarter to the first you know five minutes of mm-hmm. the first quarter to the last two minutes. It's bullshit. You should be able to call a foul when it's a foul's happening. So if a foul's happening on LeBron James, which I thought it did happen, and there's probably missed calls throughout this whole game, but it's mm-hmm. you know really centric say, on the last Kevin two minutes. Kevin Durant would have been tacked out in the first, what, seven minutes of the game then because mm-hmm. he had a second technical foul. They just swallowed the, ra- swallowed the whistle on. No, they gave it to Draymond. And gave it to Draymond for nothing after mm-hmm. the play. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, that should have been the well, game right there because KD's gone. And my whole thing is that you should be refing. You shouldn't be caring mm-hmm. about you know what people are going to think about the refs. You need to be making the calls that are on well, the floor. If a foul happens, mm-hmm. if a tech happens, make the fucking call because that's your job. Well, another you're, not, you're not a superstar. Hold on. You're not a okay. superstar. You're not your own person. You're not building a brand, refs. Just make the calls. That's your job. Do your job. And don't try to make anything like else happen. Take everything that's going on in front of your face and make the calls that you see. Well, what I was going to bring up, and this kind of plays into that, the one thing I can't stand about the NBA, and I mean, you kind of get this in other leagues, but not to the extent of the NBA, where it's like, you'll get players where it's like, you know what, 
I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give him the foul. It's like LeBron James earned the respect yeah. to get that call. Like Kevin Durant, superstar call. You kind of yeah. see it in football with uh, a little bit, quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a little bit with like quarterbacks and stuff. That's why it's not like it's not an NBA only yeah. issue. I just I can't stand it. I just it's one of those things where you just look at it and go call everything even, put everyone on the same kind of playing basis. I don't care if it's LeBron James. Or it's like Chris Dunn going to the hole. If it's a foul, it's a foul. And that's how you should call it. But, I mean, the thing that you're going at is, I mean, we're never going to get calls all the way through perfectly. No, I don't, because, I'm not expecting you well, to. But I feel. We, but the whole thing is we feel that throughout the mm-hmm. game at certain points and at certain you know moments, if it's a regular season game compared to a playoff game, yeah. the refing is changing well, due to the you know aspect and, and the feeling around this game. And one of the things that changes the game the most because of that, the final two minutes in a basketball game mm-hmm. seems to go on forever when we get to the playoffs. When they change and they start calling everything, yeah. it's like, come on, I'm going to miss my dinner reservations well, if I'm already here. Hold on real quick. You I, don't have any fucking dinner thank reservations. You. The point is— You eat I'm with trying, us. We, try, don't, we don't make dinner reservations. We go to the same place. <laughs> trying, it's Buffalo Wild Trying to make a point <laughs> of open. the last two minutes sometimes feel like it lasts the whole entire game. Well, they've also and cut if, down timeouts now, too. And if they called the game exactly the same— same, let's say, because we're saying call the foul if you, there's mm-hmm. a foul, that means it's going to make the entire game longer. Then you have an issue like baseball where we're trying to shorten the game. Not the exact same, but you get what I'm saying. If the game goes too long, people are going to check out. Uh, it depends on the game. I think a lot of the time it does feel bad when they're going to replay as often mm-hmm. as they are. Um, but I, I think they've, again, by decreasing the number of timeouts this year. See, but it, I rather them go out. to replay to get the call right. Yeah, but on every single play, it yeah, turns no, into that's, that's extent, when it goes bad. It's yeah. when it when replay is abused, it feels mm-hmm. like the last two minutes are literally twenty five minutes. But because they dropped the timeout cap, because mm-hmm. they're making that better, I don't. I think I'm still as invested. It's just when they go to replay forever, it just kills me. I agree that replay needs to. I like. I, I'm fine when they need to go to replay to make the correct call. Right. But you have to trust your eyes at some point. But also, I think the whole thing that refs are looking at is, you know, they look at that play. You look at LeBron driving, you know, to the mm-hmm. hole, and then you see the, you know, KD's arm goes over, the ball moves a little bit, yeah. and then you look at LeBron's face. If the refs looking at LeBron's face, they're probably like, all right, he's hamming it up because mm-hmm. he's trying to get the foul call. La flop. So I think, you know, refs are also trying to take in everything that, you know, a guy's trying to get a foul call so he can well, get, you know, the extra yeah. points. So I, I, I feel like, you know, I don't want to say it's on the players as mm-hmm. well because, you know, you're going to do whatever you can to win, but yeah. refs need to take this in I- into consideration. I mean, the fact that KD, and I know KD's got a crazy long wingspan, yeah. but the fact that KD can come across LeBron's body, trailing him about two feet, and somehow make contact on the ball, he deserves Defensive Player of the Year for making that play <laughs> if, if he made it clean. I mean, there was no way that that that, that could have been clean. He makes contact mm-hmm. easily on the, the left forearm before he makes even con- you know, near but contact with that ball. The one thing, just so it's not like we're completely shitting on refs, is... No, fuck the refs. The thing that <laughs> I will say, benefit of the doubt, it's I would not want to be in that situation. I would never want to be a ref because you have to... You're expected to make the right call... You have a fraction of a second, if not less, to make a call. And if you're a person that's like, "Eh," then you're not going to be a good ref. You got to be able to make, that's it, stick by the call and go to it. Where it's like if you, and sometimes they miss things too. Not everyone's perfect. Mm -hmm. However, what do, the point is in my mind, 
What do we do to fix it? What's the solution? We can sit here and complain about a problem, but is there a solution to fix this? Eyeglasses. Refs are people too. Uh, no, none of them are the same. And again, mm-hmm. you say just do your job, and it's the, doing their job like entails so much more because you know that if they you know did something ridiculous and tossed somebody out when they didn't deserve it, they're going to hear back from that. They're going to lose out on. Oh, you know, prime time games. The league would have, have the league would have been talking if Kevin Durant got tossed in, in that seven game minutes. In the first. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's the thing. It's like on Christmas like, Day, they they have to make the calls within what they believe is the best in- interpretation of the mm-hmm. rules. Because yes, you can call like Ricky said, you can call fouls on everything these days. You know, to some extent, but you know when something's malicious. You know when something's wrong, and it's it's a total judgment call within for the refs because no ref is ever the same. Like you're gonna have different calls here and there. I just think that. You're right. There, there needs to be a better way to enforce it or at least mm-hmm. standardize it to some extent. Um, you know, they talked about adding refs, you know, for different vantage points instead of doing replays. Is one of them was one of the things that came up a while back. Um, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe a head ref to just you know judge call like they do in mm-hmm. football. Yeah. Like, hey, you saw this. You saw this. Or Here's what I saw. What and this is where we're gonna take it. Or to, this is on replay a little bit. Why don't they adapt what like baseball and football have, where it's like, okay, we have the command center in New York, and they're that just feel going it's still over not everything. quick enough though. Yeah. Well, and, that's the thing. But like that's why I'm like, are we headed there at all? Then the free time out gives people. And I don't like that. The little, the little microcosm in all this, the KD yeah. tech situation. It's that situation where I look at it and I go. This is the microcosm of what you get when superstars won, run the league. Like in the NFL, name a name a top corner. Tom Brady. Oh, corner. Uh, yeah, I was expecting like uh, a top cornerback. Jalen Ramsey. Like if Jalen Ramsey went ahead and got a helmet to helmet hit, I don't care who you are, you're getting tossed from the game. Yeah, right. Or it's like in the NBA. That's because people are dying because that yeah, stuff. Though it's a little bit different because of the sport, but just go with me. Doesn't <laughs> matter who, how high caliber the player is. If it's a if it's a technical, you're getting tossed from that game if you have to. Unless We're in your the name NBA. Is Green, it's a shooting well, motion. No, no, yeah, I know. But in the NBA, because the players, it's a more of a superstar league rather than a league. Like the league isn't higher than the players. The players are higher than the league. You're yeah. gonna get that where it's like, uh, maybe let's not call a technical and keep it in because then people people get upset when LeBron and that sit out games. Well, that's why they had to change that rule. I don't know if it's the league. I think it's just it's more focused on individuals this game. Yeah, I mean, I you say, have 11 guys on a football mm-hmm. field where you have five. Are, and and their know, faces are covered in football. I get that. Well, like, I I there's so many damn people stuff. in football. I don't know about that. I'm just more mm-hmm. talking about the fact that one guy can dominate a game. I mean, yeah. you, you no, check out LeBron and, you know, and the players union in the NBA fun. has so much more power. They did it right, yeah. and that's you gotta give them credit for that. But you're right; like it, it's a players' league. But people come to see the players, not like yeah, yeah, you come to see your team. But it's more and more like people are coming to see Kevin Durant play, to see Steph Curry play, to see LeBron play. Especially if LeBron's coming to your visiting arena. But I, I think that's because of the sport. The sport allows bigger superstars, and that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. If you're because if you're going to do that, you're going to have situations like that where they don't call a technical on KD because they want him to stay in the game. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. I, I again, you're going to always get superstar calls. You try to balance out as best as possible, but circumstances are never the same and they're going to make the judgment call at the end of the day the thing i just love about the way they deal with it is that like it's never it's never at the end of the day like in their hands to just completely kill a player it's like look there was obviously some vision of this some version of this where you fucked up you know Mm -hmm. it's not like they're just like 
Except for the one where they like threw Tim Duncan out for laughing. They yeah. gave him the flicker. Well, that was a bench. power that was a power move. That was that was fantastic. And that was a regular season game too. Yeah. I think they were up. Yeah, it was, it was bad. But I think it was also an ABC game. I don't know. That was like but, yeah, twelve look, years ago. It's not like they're just picking people out and like we don't have like the old school gambling NBA refs where they're like doing the point Donahue. margins and shit and you know, bullshit no, it, it's they're in most times they're correct. I would probably say ninety percent of the time, ninety five. Mm-hmm. Like, what is acceptable though? Like, if we're gonna argue about three calls in the last two minutes, like, what about the eighty five calls in the first forty six minutes? Mm-hmm. But like, it, like I, that's it, the question. Yeah, and I, I understand where you're coming what's from. acceptable. And and I think you know, I, obviously, I think I'm probably gonna be um, going against what I said earlier. But I would rather like if we're you know focusing in on minutes. I would rather you get the last two minutes of a game right. Yeah, but I mean, but the, the thing is, like, is that mm, all right. But then people will be pissed off in. if you're calling, you know, ticky tack fouls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you're like, you know, if a guy drives to the lane and you're reaching in, you like make contact with them. You know, most people won't call it in the last two minutes because you're trying right. to make a play happen. And then if that happens, people will be like, all right, why are you calling that foul? So I, I feel like it's just been ingrained, you know, over the past thirty years, forty mm-hmm. years of basketball that you know. We need, you know, hard foul bat, or you know, we need, you know, playoff basketball. We need the last two minutes mm-hmm. of basketball to be, you know, un- well, untainted. Yeah, pure. I would say post two thousands basketball has been because like no, but thing- I'm saying this has always been a thing. Like I'm yeah. saying like the last two minutes of basketball, mm-hmm. you're not going to call like ticky tech fouls. That's not or not nineties best. Uh, this is well, anything with the eighties nineties. But like in the nineties, it would basically be like, well, we're just fucking not calling anything. Which I mean, is how, how many times did Jordan get to the foul line though? Well, and that's the thing. That was the superstar <laughs> treatment. And, and I'm not saying I'm a fan of that at all because I'm not a fan of it. But the thing that I worry about is if they do change, they're like, you know, what, we're going to call more fouls. I wonder if it plays into the effect of like, man, games are taking a little longer. It feels a little bit more sluggish because if you're constantly calling whistles, constantly getting people to the line. I watch basketball games where it's like that and like. By the third, fourth person to get to the line, I'm like, wow, this is not basketball. Let's just have was, a free throw competition. I say, well, the old hack a shack, hack a everybody, mm-hmm. where yeah. it just ruins the game for everybody. Hack a Ben Simmons. Um, and final thoughts on here: um, when we get to the playoffs, how many how many series or games do you think are going to be decided by refs? Probably like three. Are, are you worried oh, about I'll that? Put the over under three. Say, let me say this: Are you worried about it? Are you no, worried no. about the refs affecting mm, a playoff series? No, but I'll put the over under at three. Usually we end up with decent refs for the playoffs. They're they're hand selected, so I'm I'm probably gonna say you know two three games will probably come down to ref calls. But at the same time, like to me that's successful. Like I'm never gonna be a hundred percent in on this is perfect. We have the game down. No, everybody calls be, everything. Well, everyone's gonna complain about the refs. I but mean, yeah. that's gonna be if well, you're a Golden State, you hear, if you're a Golden State fan, and you get a foul called late in the game. You're I'm gonna saying, be like that's bullshit. If you're, yeah. you're a Cleveland fan, and you know, it's and everyone's game you? three and game four last year. Like how didn't you guys like? It's well, everyone's Ricky, favorite pastime. Yeah. Well, and Ricky's still gonna uh, be mad about the how uh, you know they they were able to come back because Draymond gets the tech. Yeah, so it's just it's ridiculous. The one thing I do want to mention, though, is I I want to give credit to the guy on Reddit, but I don't know who did it, who pe- who pieced together the two segments of the Valanchunas uh, Westbrook segment, mm-hmm. where it was you heard the OKC announcers talk about, you heard the Raptors, and each side, I mean, bias exists, and each side was like, clearly it's attack on that guy. Like, what are they thinking about? How is our guy responsible? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, look, no matter who you are, you're going to have a bias. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. There, there's no way to look at this as a neutral party and the refs try to do that as best as possible i think there shouldn't have been a tech foul you know called in that valentinus russ thing in general I, was, I don't think it was a, like if anyone was going to be called it was going to be russ, russ? Was, like valentinus is trying to take the ball from him and it's not his ball it goes the, to the ball ref. was dead it's a the, dead ball foul it goes to the ref but it was the raptors ball 
but it, the ball needs to go to the ref. It's a dead yeah, ball. Yeah, so Valanciunas is trying to get the ball to the ref and take the ball. You don't out. take away Brody's best friend. <laughs> it's not his ball. It's the ref's ball. Valanciunas is trying to. He was gonna get up and give, give it, it to him. That's all I'm saying. Russ is kind of throwing a pout. I'm just saying. He touched him. He was just standing over him. Th- this, this is what happens. I don't know. It, That's it, all it, I'm saying. I, I don't. I hate. I hate when our lead topic is. We've never talked about the refs before, and I think that's a. I think we have once. No, no not, I thought we did. We never talked about. The refs. I don't know. I don't think we, so. We've never had a dedicated the outside kick. The we did about a year or two ago. Yeah, we we've never. Yeah. We don't care about Mark. We've never had a. We've never had a segment. <laughs> Mark, Mark cares about you very much, though. So. Yeah, want, Mark's going to actually be on a podcast. Two, two hour, two hour, podcast. two hour long fast break. Bring him in. Anyways, uh, that's not true. Uh, Mark doesn't <laughs> want to talk about the NBA for two hours. No, he doesn't. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts on, uh, oh, I didn't do the housekeeping, Ricky, to start the podcast. I'm an idiot. Um, anyways, um, if you want to do, uh, if you want to leave a comment uh, about how you hate the refs, let us know in the comments below. But anyways, let's move on now into the Toronto Raptors talk. We haven't talked Raptors all year. No, isn't that crazy? It's kind of weird. Yeah, usually we he have gave a couple. To DeMar. We, I, we did. He was a wet boy. Yeah, last week. Yeah. yeah, last week. Yeah, so he was I your mean, wet boy. We talked a little about the Raptors, but the Raptors right now second in the Eastern Conference right now uh, above the uh, Toronto. Uh, not the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> the Raptors above, are above the, the Raptors. The, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They uh, did have first place for like twelve hours or something. Yeah, before they fucked up. Yeah, right now they're sitting at twenty three and ten. Somehow Boston's sitting at twenty eight and ten, playing a ton of games uh, this year. Uh, but you look at Cleveland twenty four and eleven as well. So Toronto is currently second. In the Eastern Conference, and the question of this podcast is: Can the Toronto Raptors uh, surpass or compete? What I, something like that? Compete? You're, you'll see the title yeah. on uh, YouTube. Basically, uh, can they compete with the Cavs and the Celtics? Yeah, can they, can they overcome? The I, Ricky, uh, Dave, can they overcome the Cavs and the Celtics? I forget the text. I text you guys w- the the topics, you're the ideas guy, and I forget. I forget. Sorry, so you did it was job. overcome. Can overcome. the can the Raptors overcome, overcome the, Cavs the Celtics and the Cavs? And Cavs? Before, before I get to your question, the one thing I do want to say is I love the comment we got like last week or two weeks ago where it was on our prediction video kind of taunting us towards like, yeah, we're the Raptors now because all of us had them like fourth, fifth, sixth in the East and mm-hmm. they're sitting there at second. Um, the one thing I'm going to say is I'm going to say, no, they can't. And the reason why, <laughs> the reason why is if the playoffs started today, today, today. today They'd be playing the Milwaukee Bucks, and if you remember those predictions, I said the Bucks, Bucks would win six. in six over the Raptors. So Hashtag that's what's going to happen. Six, yeah. Team Wingspan going to beat the Raptors. They won't even have to worry about the Cavs of the Celtics. Hashtag Fear the Deer. Yeah, yeah. Fear the Deer. No, I, I mean that's that's a solid solid point there. Uh, that's the thing. Like, yeah, you're the second seed in the Eastern Conference, you, but are you going to get out of the first round to play? Do you the think Cavs of the Celtics? Do you think they'll finish in the top three? Yes. Uh, the Wizards, I'm shocked at how they're five. I thought they'd be a lot duty. better. Well, I thought they'd yeah. be a lot John better Wall this was out. year. They five I thought they'd be, what, the, sa- the... No, I had them third best. I, I had Cavs, Celtics, number one, number two. But I thought they'd be top three in the East. Well, they have five players. And they've, one of them's out. Yeah, yeah, I say John Wall missed way too many games already. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens to them. But, no, I mean, this Raptors team doing awesome. Like, DeMar shooting threes now. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Their bench and young talent was really good for the start of the season. Uh, they've dipped down back to reality again. But, I mean, honestly, like they, they have a really well-balanced team, uh, good mix of young and old. I think that they can go a series. I think they can go go to six, seven games with anybody in the East. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know that I would pick them as a favorite to beat the Celtics or the uh, Cavs. Maybe the Celtics. Um, just I, I think matchup-wise, they could they could do them dirty. Uh 
But yeah, I, I just like the combo. Like, Lowry stepped back a little bit. DeMar is starting to take over. And honestly, like, OG, I know he's gotten a ton of praise. A mm-hmm. ton of praise. But he, he looks legit. He looks great. All right, guys, I want you to close your eyes and think of this. All right? Mm-hmm. Think of a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. You're not closing your eyes. Think I of a am. t-shirt. I am. No, See? but Dave isn't. Oh, okay. Um, wow. Dave is wide open. Uh, but close your eyes and think of a pic- Think of a, a t-shirt. All right, okay. blank t-shirt, and it says. Is it is it just a white t-shirt? Is uh, hey, whatever t- color you what want. I'm gonna go black. I'm gonna you go, go, bl- black you can go black. You can go heather gray. You can go white. Does whatever it have you want. Sleeves. Yeah, uh, it's a t-shirt. It's, it's a t-shirt. It's a it's a t-shirt like this. Okay. All right, plain okay. black t-shirt. Got and it. and and you see the Raptors logo, mm-hmm. and it says 2017, 2018 NBA Eastern Conference champions. Wow. Does it make you laugh? A little, like it made. Could me, you believe it? it Could you as, believe it's true? As soon as you said Eastern Conference champions, I opened my eyes and gave you that look. Like Sean, have you been smoking something? Today? No, but I'm asking. Do Eastern you, Conference you feel Finals it? participant. Can, can you pick? <laughs> can you picture it? Is what I'm saying. No. Can, can a, you picture it? No, no, not at all. The Cavs. Uh, not at all. Well, just, that's the thing. It's the Cavs. He, like two things. I'm saying that if we're talking about if who they have the better chance against. I kind of disagree with Dave. I would go with the like really? right now. I would go with the Cavs only because I wonder. The one thing I look at is they've got the backcourt, but they also have the front court that I mean the Cavs don't have, and what? that's the one thing that I mean. Draymond Green. When we look at the Warriors and Cavs situation, what what has been the one position and the one area we look at to overcome the Cavs? Draymond Green. It was Andrew Bogut. When the one finals that they won, the um, Celtics. Here's the thing with the Cavs and why I'm not using that as a reason for the end of the year. I think the Cavs are going to make the move come trade deadline, come somewhere in the trade to Mm -hmm. get somebody to where that's not even a factor, Mm -hmm. not even a factor at all. Like, so you're wait, what, you're saying what because you, because saying of Serge right, Ibaka Serge they can beat the right now no not Serge Ibaka I would go more Valanciunas and having a front court in general against this Cavs team because I mean K Love's going to play out he's the stretch for Tristan Thompson we have talked mad shit about him this podcast like in general I mean, yeah but Valanciunas is trash too Valanciunas can't oh, I'm not can't play he's a superstar K Love's been playing center. So I'll take K Love over Valanciunas. See, I yeah. would. I'll take K Love over Serge Ibaka. That's the only yeah. reason, and I'm not saying they would overcome the Cavs. I'm saying that's the one. If I'm picking one or the other to have a chance against, and maybe bring them to six games, it would be the Cavs over the Celtics. However, I don't see that happening because I see the Cavs making the move necessary to add some help so that that doesn't happen and it's Cavs Celtics. And and Jeff Green's pretty much American Serge Ibaka too. Okay. So like let's just be honest. Let's just <laughs> sure. be real here. I say the, the Cavs lineup has been changing and they've they've kind of got it down and then they're just going to add Isaiah Thomas back and eventually add Derrick Rose back. Like I know no no. Uh, DeMar DeRozan is going to light up light them up uh, and that's that's about the only thing like but then it goes back to, like, are they going to not be the trash bros this year? Mm-hmm. Because if the Raptors fucking front, if their backcourt mm-hmm. goes back to what they've done the last, what, three playoff series? Three, three playoff like years? That, yeah. Like, where they just disappear, shoot ungodly awful numbers. Like, yeah, they're not going to win. But honestly, if there's a spot to completely wreck the Cavs from, it's the one-two guard. Like, there's no defense going to be played there. Yeah, with so, Isaiah uh, Thomas and, and, and Shump and Smith being there. Um, and Wade. And, I mean, and, and Wade, too. Um, <laughs> the thing that is different, though, and, and the reason why I think that they could overcome the Celtics, and I don't think they'll be able to overcome the Cavs, yeah. but possibly make it a series because the last couple times they played. They I know one of them, last year. Yeah, and then the year before it was six games. It was a really like a brutal six games. Yeah, like the, it the wasn't Cavs, a good six. Yeah, the Cavs mowed them down pretty much in six games. That was probably the most lopsided six games I've ever seen. 
Um, I feel like it can be more uh, at least competitive this year because you look at them. Not only is Demar Derozan, you know, shooting better from three, they're yeah. playing better defense. They're already one of the better defensive teams in, mm-hmm. in the league. And now you're adding Serge Ibaka, who's getting like a half a, a half a block a game. Demar Derozan's playing great defense. Uh, Lowry's playing good defense. Uh, OG Ananubi off the bench is great defensively. You look at uh, Jakob Pertl as well. I mean, like they, they have a ton of bench help. Norm Powell as well. I mean, they have a ton of bench yep. help that they can rely on. And you look at the, you know, obviously Lowry and, and Derozan. Um, Valanciunas is okay offensively. I mean, he, he's, he'll shoot a high percentage for you. Ibaka looks really nice as a, as a third piece. The thing that I really like, though, is the fact that they are not relying just on DeMar DeRozan mid-game. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is a team that last year was in like 20th in three-point three point, like three pointers. Now they're up in the top 15. Now they're sitting 13 in the NBA. This is a team that's kind of adapting to the modern NBA with the players that they currently have. Mm-hmm. And the players that they currently have are ridiculously talented. I mean, like we mentioned, Kyle Lowry versus DeMar DeRozan can beat Isaiah Thomas, Dwayne Wade, uh, J.R. Smith, Amon Shumpert, um, D Rose to Jose Calderon. You mean just to clarify for the people at home because I know I, yeah. But by beat them, you mean that they can beat them offensively? No, I'm saying those like, those like two they cannot be defended. Those two can, yeah. Those That's, two. I just I'm, say. I'm saying like if I had to pick, yeah. Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan and any combo of the Cavs guards. Oh, really? I'm taking Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan. Really? You're, you're yeah. going away from Isaiah Thomas. Well, yeah. well it's just, it's it's just Isaiah Thomas. I mean, like I mean, you I'm could a, get playoff Dwayne Wade. I'm not throwing Dwayne Wade in my starting lineup though. Could get play. Yeah, but no, if they play together, wouldn't it? I would rather I would rather have Demar Derozan than Dwayne Wade. That's not a hot take. I'm just saying. Yeah, I it, we'll we'll wait and see I feel what like, Isaiah does. See, I, feel I wouldn't like, go that far. I feel Isaiah. No, I feel like Isaiah Thomas is great. I'm not trying to take away from it. Yeah, but I feel the discrepancy between. Um, Kyle Lowry and Isaiah Thomas is much smaller compared to the discrepancy between DeMar DeRozan well, and D-Wade. Yeah, so that, that's what I'm that's saying. True. I feel like, yeah, you might have a better player in Isaiah Thomas compared yep. to Kyle Lowry, but I'm yeah, saying it's one, overall, four versus two, three, they're a basically. better pair. Yeah. They're a better pair together, and that's what I'm saying. And, I, got, and like, I got you. You know, DeRozan at T, they might be great players separately, but we don't know how they're going to play together. Right. So I look at that, and I, I would say I would rather take Isaiah, uh, I would rather take Kyle, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. They're shooting better from the floor. They're spacing out great. I mean, that's one thing that passing. Uh, uh, they're passing more this year than they had Passing last back and forth. Yeah. This offense is flowing fantastically. So this is something that I feel like if they are able to take down the Cavs, it's going to be due to just better basketball being played on the floor. They're not relying on DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry to take them everywhere. They're not relying on DeMar DeRozan just to play ISO ball and mid-range yeah. game. I mean, this is something that, you know, Dwayne Casey's done a great job of kind of changing this Toronto Raptors team. And, you know, I was kind of not a huge fan of uh, Dwayne Casey. I've probably, no. called, him, I've probably well, called him to be fired I, a well, couple was, times on this podcast. Be, because yeah. of that, I was going to ask you, if they go to the playoffs this year, and let's say, I'm not saying they win one and lose to the Cavs and Celtics, because if they lose to the Cavs or the Celtics, it ain't going to happen. But let's say they go to the playoffs, they lose to Milwaukee in the first round. Would you be on the fire Dwayne Casey train? No. I feel like he's made changes. And I feel like, obviously, i got to see how that playoff series plays out. But mm-hmm. I don't think Dwayne Casey deserves to if, be fired If we right see now. the Trash Bros again in the playoffs, what happens? I mean, what do you do then? Because you just no, have two people. Because they just signed Lowry, too. Yeah, you got and, two guys, and they just come up so... They, they don't come up at all in the playoffs. I feel mm-hmm. like you can't get rid of DeMar. I you feel can't. like he's he's a raptor those, for life. Those are your two key pieces. Like yeah. that's the thing. Like you, so, your best players suck in the clutch. Like they're anti Jimmy Butler. Well, and you have terrible Valanciunas as well, who's yeah. just bad in, in general. No one wants him. So and no one wants him. So you and you have Abaka, who I mean, like I just feel like if you if it's if are you if, okay if they come as up a Raptors trash, fan, like just saying that hey, 
we're going to be a first or second round exit every year because our best are they, two players. Are they Clippers North? Ooh. They Clippers North? That's a that's a damn good question, Sean. I'm going to say the only reason I mean, they didn't why, make it to the well, Eastern Conference Finals. They no, did. No, no, no. The so, only yeah. reason I'm going to say no is because with the Clippers each and every year, it's been who's been injured. Like, yeah. it hasn't been a, well, Tamar's injured, season's over. Well, Kyle's injured, season's I mean, they, over. They both individually every had been sing- injured last year. No, no, but, no. But I'm saying, like, every single yeah, year, no. Blake like, or the Clippers CP is just amazing. We're going down. Like, in a playoff series, they were playing good in the first round. And then it's like, well, Blake went down with a hand. Fuck this. It's over. Or, like, CP goes down. Well, this playoffs is over. It doesn't matter if we get by it. If I am the Raptors. The thing I am not, well, Raptors fans, I'll say, because I know the players aren't going to think like this. (laughs) There are three possible opponents I could see them playing at the end of the year if they stay at the two. The Pacers, the Bucks, or even the Heat. And I'm just going off of teams that are in the playoffs right now. Or the Bulls. Or the Bulls. The Bulls. the thought of them going 500 scare, scares me, and I don't want that to happen. I People keep telling me to stop thinking like that, and I wish I could because it's a rational fear yep. that I have. But out of the three teams, Pacers, Bucks, and Heat, the one I'd want to see is the Heat. I think that's the one you can get through. The Bucks and the Pacers, the Bucks of the team, no way want to see them. Don't want to see Giannis. Don't want to see Jabari if he comes back this year, like Move what he's going to be. Don't want to see Chris Middleton. The Pacers are a team where it's like, maybe we could beat them. But Victor Oladipo's been pretty fucking good this year to the chance of it's like, nah, I don't want to see him. I'm fine taking on the Pacers though and the Raptors. I yeah. would worry mostly about the Bucks because yeah. you look at that size well, of they're number Eric one. Bledsoe and you look at the size mm-hmm. of Middleton. I mean, like they'll be yeah. able to play defense on Kyle Lowry <laughs> and DeMar DeRozan. So that's the thing. Like, Or even Giannis, if they feel like DeMar DeRozan's going to be that big of a problem, throw Giannis on him. I mean, yeah. Throw that size The only on problem him. with the Bucks is you know their head coach is just shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, yeah. that's a guy coach. who needs to be fired. If, so. we're talking, if, we're, if we're going on, you know, Sean's weekly, you know, Fire this guy? Yeah, uh, what's it called? Homelessness, uh, employment, I don't know. Unemployment tracker? Uh, what's, what's this, uh, who is the, Ivan the Terrible. What was his thing? It was just a reign of terror. I don't know. Reign of terror. I, yeah, the I, reign of terror. I usually call for someone to be fired. You do. At you least on a very, podcast. Yeah. Jason, I, I've said Jason Kidd deserves to be fired before. I don't care oh, if yeah. he's a Hall of Famer. Well, he deserves to be fired. Here's the interesting thing about the Raptors. Coming into this week from this podcast to the next podcast, We'll see how the Raptors do because they play the Hawks, which will be whatever. It'll be a win. But then New Year's Day, they do play Milwaukee for the first time this season in Toronto. And then on Wednesday, they got to play the Hot Bulls. I know they've beaten the Bulls twice, but it was only by— That was pre-Nicola. Pre-Nicola, and it was 17 points day one and only five points November 7th. But it's a Wednesday, not a Thursday. However, so. the Bulls have been 9 of 11, so next time we record the podcast, we will know our true answer after <laughs> they've played the Bucks and the Hot well, Bulls. And the, the, on the 11th, they faced Cleveland for the first time yeah. as well. They yeah. are 3-0 and against Philly, oh. which has been impressive. And then the but Warriors. They, they, mm-hmm. they just hit the... Well, they, yeah. they lost we'll, against the we'll Warriors early in the season, too. I would say, their, their schedule might take a little dip. They might not be in second by next time. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I feel... I feel like they can beat Milwaukee once. They'll beat Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I feel like they'll be able to beat Chicago. I know. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Uh, they'll beat know, Brooklyn. Man, they'll shock you. Just they'll beat Brooklyn. They'll beat Miami. Here. So, we I usually, mean, that's like five wins usually, right there. We usually lose against... play the Raptors tough anyways. Uh, like in we general. usually have a Raptor killer. Someone yeah. steps up. We'll so, see. I feel like they can get five wins in their, what, next one, two, three, four, five, Lord, six, Lord seven, eight games. Lori finally wakes up. Yeah. I think they can go five and three. All right. 
Okay. Like we'll, crazy. See we'll see it. But then maybe Cleveland, but if Cleveland goes on a nice run and beats Toronto, then they're jumping mm-hmm. up. And then they'll be at the yeah. three seed. If, the, if they're at the three seed, I don't know if the standings pull up. Who are they playing? Who? Toronto. Cleveland? Oh, Toronto. Toronto. If, if, they're, if they move down to the three seed, who are they playing? They're going to play the one Pacers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Pacers like are six better. right now. I would like that better if I'm, yeah. if I'm a Raptors fan. I feel like just the way that this team has changed, just with the way that they've been passing more, I feel like we won't see trash bros. I feel like it's not like DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry can't play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I feel like their style of basketball couldn't play in the playoffs. Um, and the way that Dwayne Casey ran that, it was pretty predictable, especially in a seven-game series, yeah. five-game series, whatever you want to say. That was the, you know, the, the biggest, you know, Achilles heel for them is the fact that they couldn't really change up their game throughout the seven game series mm-hmm. where if they you know aren't able to move the ball and pass like they're currently doing then help maybe we throw some ISO ball at them with DeMar DeRozan like they're, they're coming to me with more weapons they've evolved they have the a, game yeah exactly yeah. And, and they have a deeper bench you look at Bianca Pertle you look at uh, OG Ananubi you look at CJ Miles Even you look Fred. at Norman pa- Powell Fred, Fred Van, Van Fleet. Fleet. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a guy that can shoot from the outside. He's a nice ball handler as well. So, yep. I mean, I, I like the depth that they have. I feel like if they have to make a move, though, it's got to be getting JV out of there. But they're not going to get him out. Yeah, I um, think they're going to be happy and earn themselves a uh, Western or an Eastern Conference uh, championship participant. The trophy? Just, just trophy, sticker, you know, button. You were in the playoffs? Yeah, you made the playoffs. I think they can go decently deep, though. One thing I got to throw out there, Fred Van Vliet, you know where he's from, right? Which state? He's from Rockford, Illinois. Oh, yeah, local boy. boy. I didn't, I so think, I didn't know where you were asking. No, me, I like Burke's place. Uh, you, you rattled him, that him, him, and Bra- him and Brandon well, were I, born I, I in the same Well, I don't area. want Ricky to you know, rub him in the face. He's from the Shockers. Oh it's him, it him and Ronnie Baker. Yeah, no, but he's Man. from Rockford, Illinois. So got to rub the Illinois love. But looking at the Cavs next game, do you just want to hear their games up until the 11th? They play the Jazz. They play Portland. Then they've got Boston. I'll give you that one. That one's a tough one. Then no, the thought, Magic. You say that was an easy one. <laughs> then they then they play the Magic easy. and the T Wolves. Now yeah. give it most all of those except for Portland are on the road. How many back to backs? Um, back to backs. They've got Portland at home to Boston as a back to back. So Cleveland to Boston travel, and then that's it. It's the only back to back that they have in that span. Bron's gonna get some rest. Yeah, we'll see. I still think. We're probably going to watch the end of the year, and Raptors would be probably three seed. Ricky, what are you thinking? Me, at, the end of the, at the end of the year, where I, are the Raptors sitting? I could see them as if you asked me the t-shirt thing, and it said second seed in the East. I could see that. Because <laughs> yeah, they make t-shirts for that. <laughs> well, I could see it, at least. I could we're see number them two. Being, I'm giving out a participation well, trophy over here, so I, I think could, it's okay. I could see them as the second seed, but I'd probably agree with Dave. They're probably going to be the third seed. The thing is, can they avoid the Bucks? Because if they play the Bucks in the first round, it's Bucks and six, what like I've been buck? saying since the beginning of the year. There you go. I would agree with that. I, I, I would agree with that. I feel like even though they changed their game, they still don't have that full team there. Mm-hmm. And I think if they make a move at the deadline, that's going to change it. Shit, and if non-JV. They go get... Well, if they go on. get Bismack Biombo back. I was going to say if they go the get The greatest DeAndre, Raptor of all time. If they go no. get DeAndre Jordan, VC. that definitely changes their team. Yeah, it depends what they have to give up for him, though. But yeah. if the Considering Cavs, they gave two picks the Cavs up get to move Jordan. somebody off their team, they don't exactly have firepower. No. Damari well, Carroll took a one and a two to get off your team. You think Damari Carroll will still be good? Like, if, if he was no. on he's this team. No, I'm right saying if, if he was on this team, you think he'd still be No, I'm saying, like, he's doing good right now. Yeah, I Do you mean, feel no. like he'd still be 
It, he he'd have a slack season, I think. Like nah, a I season be, where I, it would dip. I feel like I feel like they shouldn't have moved him. I know he's got a ton of you know salary. Yeah, built on there. It, it was bad salary, but uh, at the same time, you know, you're not getting the same player because he got injured, and then it was like, hey, rehab season, and now he's in shape and playing well and motivated and up tempo offense, but he's getting way more looks mm-hmm. in uh, Brooklyn. So, eh. I, I think it would probably have been the same old, same old. doesn't get you past LeBron. Raptor fans, what do you think? Down in the comments below, do you feel like you have enough firepower to beat the Celtics and the Cavs? Because I feel like he can beat one of them. I think it's the Celtics, but I don't think you're going to beat both of them. I don't think you're going to the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Or the, the NBA the finals. Channels. I don't think you're going to the NBA finals. No could the, could the to... Raptors upset the Warriors? That's what you're talking about. That's what you're talking about. No. No. Let us know in the comments down below if you think you can beat both the Celtics and the Cavs in the comments below. Moving on to the final topic, we are going to be jumping into the land of Philadelphia real quick. If you're listening on iTunes, don't forget to rate us five stars. Also, if you're listening on Block Talk Radio, huge shout out to you. Also, we are selling t-shirts. Link is in the description on what to do. Um, anything else you need to mention, Ricky? The most important one. Oh, patreon.com slash most of podcast. Uh, and we're talking about this uh, because uh, I mentioned it to uh, Jake, one of our patrons. Yep. Just wanted to see if he wanted to come on because uh, we're talking about his team, the 76ers. Still has not, well, we did his November one. We still need to do his December one. So yeah. we'll have to double dip in January. And we'll have Jake on very soon. Not next week, though, because we got the mock draft coming out. Can't wait. Bam, 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 bam. If you guys are watching this. Big uh, board and mock draft in the same week for MVP. This is going to be much, a big draft week. This is pretty much Christmas for you guys. Well, it's even Christmas on top of it because guess what's the next week after that? Next NFL mock draft. Like, it's just draft season there overall. Go. This it's is draft exciting. season. Our first mock draft of the NBA season. But let's jump into the Philadelphia, <laughs> the what? Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, I don't know how to talk. Sixers are 3-10 and 10 in their last 13. Markel Fultz is expected to uh, up activity soon, but that is not really going to save them from their current woes. I mean, maybe Markel Fultz helps them a little bit, but mm-hmm. right now you got to be worried about the team currently on the court. Markel Fultz isn't there. We're going to go to our resident Philadelphia 76er fan first. Dave, what have you been noticing in the last 13 games that have really been, you know, taking the Sixers down kind of back to earth? Uh, honestly, it's it's a combination of things. Joel Embiid not being consistently able to play is obviously the biggest factor that hurts them. When he's in games, they're successful. They're they're massively positive, and he brings an offensive force that they need. When he's not there, you see the reluctance from Ben Simmons to become an offensive asset at all. Like, yes, he can drive to the lane. He he was. You know, okay. Not I'm not gonna say happy, but he's okay taking you know four shots a game. Like you can't have that. I get it. You're like this amazingly um, silky smooth big man who can pass the ball really well. More of a facilitator and, than and, a scorer. And a great facilitator. You know, but like you need to score. Like if you're the best option out there on your team, you need to actually score. And it doesn't seem to click for him yet. He relies a lot on guys. Um, and again, Rocco um, has been hot and cold. He's had some struggles in his shooting lately after he came back from that injury. J.J. Redick has been mostly good, uh, to say the least. I think they're, they're... Mostly good? He was a wet boy. You gave him a wet week. boy, I wouldn't have. It was but, one game. Yeah, he had one game. Uh, but if you popped look, off in that game. But if you look back at the other games, yeah, it's it, consistency is the... It, it's a young team, and that's the word you don't associate with young teams, consistency. They went on a heater earlier in the year. They were a top team. Now they're, you know, like you said, they lost 10 of the last 13. And honestly, I'm not surprised. This is a team still still trying to find their rhythm, still trying to figure out what works best for them because if you take away their number one option and it's not even another team, it's medically take away your number one mm-hmm. option, 
they cannot compete against top teams in this league. They are still a lottery team at that point. What they need is their lottery pick, Markel Fultz, come back and provide some of that scoring because, honestly, I think that's exactly... If he comes back and looks like where he was in college, shooting, aggressive, athletic, mm-hmm. like they're going to be fine. They'll be perfectly fine. But the well, thing that I want to bring up is the fact that Joel Embiid is out. How is Markel Fultz going to pick up that offensive slack because Joel Embiid does not do the same thing that Markel Fultz does? No, but it, it's scoring. It's, it's the guy out there who actually wants to get it, and I hate using that phrase, but you have the you have a scores mentality, you know mm-hmm. the, the Kobe's, the the MJ, like the guy who wants to get the ball in the bucket the most. That's what he brings, and that's something that yes, they don't have their download presence to just eat people off the block with you know every single time you want to score. Mm-hmm. I'll just hand the ball to Joel Embiid. Yeah, you don't have that, but it gives them a great option on the outside, someone who can drive through the lane, someone who is aggressive enough to play, and always is looking to score. That's that's what's missing. If they had that out there. I think they're still fine. I think that if you, as long as you get your points right now, it's the fact that it's a lack of consistency, and that's because they're clearly floundering without knowing where to go with the ball. I don't think that Markel Fultz is like, you know how we talked last week about IT, mm-hmm. and Dave went off on his tangent that, you know, we shouldn't baby IT. Yeah. The difference between IT and Markel Fultz is that if there's anyone we should baby, it should be the rookie mm-hmm. and not the veteran. Like, this is one where— Well, it's a lot of pressure, he, well, too, to throw a rookie I into know. the fire and be like, all right, kids, score. Well, and we talk about when rookies come in— I mean, come rookie in, right away, Dave. Don Mitch. We, we talk about when rookies come in— Different, different situations. Different player, oh, entirely. Different situation, oh, different player in general, too. <laughs> but, like, he was a guy where—and I know that people are going to say, well, it was the shoulder injury. Why? But early yeah. on when he played the, what, four games that he played to start the season— it wasn't like a, man, this was the Markel Fultz. We had the question that, is he going to be the Markel Fultz that we saw? Well, that's because he was injured. Well, and that's what we I'm saying. We had that question because he wasn't shooting injury, the right way. He looked funky. And that's the thing, that shooting the right way was always going to get to. If I'm the Sixers, I am, sky is falling right now, worried. Because the thing is, I look at some of the teams since, I'm going to say December 2nd. Mm-hmm. Some of the teams. Phoenix, you should be able to beat. The Lakers you should be able to beat. I'll say the Pelicans, like that one's a toss-up, but I would say you should beat them. You should be able to beat the Kings. Like, since December 2nd, your only wins are against Detroit, a Minnesota team that, great, you played more basketball than they were able to play because their knees were dead because it was an overtime game. And I even remember texting you guys like, yeah, Jimmy and them are just dead yeah. after this game. They play 50 minutes. And I know J.J. Redick, <laughs> I know that Embiid had a good performance on Christmas Day, but let's be completely honest. In the last, like, five minutes of that game, the Knicks just said, here you go. Yeah, it was Here's a contest to throw the game, game away. Both and teams like, were doing it. Well, and and, that, the, and the that's other thing, why too, is Embiid was more they, fresh that game. More fresh. I mean, but, he, he played only 23 minutes the game before. He also had three days off before that. But I would wor- I'm worrying in the sense of, like, why are we losing to teams that I would think that we should beat? And I know that resting, people are going to say, well, Embiid didn't play in these games. Sure, I'll give you that. That's one of the biggest problems. And I don't think the 76ers are going to be who we want them to be until Embiid is like, okay, he's an everyday starter. Until that happens and he's out there each and every, yeah, you're going to get rest here and then, but not to the minutes restriction that we see right now. Till we get to that point, I don't see the Sixers being a playoff team. I think the problem here is nothing to do with Joel Embiid's health, but the minutes that he's playing. Because you look at, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, you're not going to put him in right away playing 30 minutes. You want to ease him into that. 
but you look at it and you'll in October playing 27 minutes kind of the low end you you want to you know don't want to push him in all the way into the deep end but where you're going to you know dip your toes in plays 27 minutes that's nothing crazy for him then you get to November plays 30.8 minutes per, uh, per game in November and then he goes all the way to 35.4 49 minutes in that three overtime game. That's not crazy because you're going to three overtimes. You're not not going to use Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. How bad do you but, want to win a regular season game that you lose Joel well, Embiid for the next three games? Th- three games and then 23 minutes in that Raptors game because you guys just get completely torched and you're, yeah. you're going to bench him for the rest. But the whole thing that I'm worried about is I think there's two extremes. You either, you know, you're going to either baby him. I think there's, there's pretty much two extremes that I've seen. You're going to baby him, dip his toes in the water, get him used to playing basketball again, or you're going to put him into the, you know, the superstar role of hey you're gonna play 35 to 40 minutes a game and that you know really wears him out he's been great in those minutes it's not like his effectiveness has dropped off 46 no. percent for the field 35 percent for three 91 percent from the free throw line and 25 <laughs> points Joel Embiid's ridiculous but you want him out there consistently yeah. and if you're playing him these extreme minutes he's not going to be out there consistently and their best month came when Joel Embiid was consistently out there you look at the month of November he missed two games he missed a game against Boston where they lost that game and then they missed a game against Utah they win that game 104-97. He only missed two games out of that whole stretch, and you look at it, they lost to Cleveland, they lost to Golden State, they lost to Golden State, and they had a one-point loss to Sacramento. I mean, Perfectly out of fine. that whole thing is, you just gotta be able to manage Embiid. And I know you were talking yeah. about, you know, you're not, I'm not afraid of playing him 30 minutes, I'm not afraid uh, I think you mentioned at one point, you were like, I'm not afraid of playing him around 33 minutes per game. But I think it's one thing where I think your team's probably better off if he's playing around 30 minutes per game, mm-hmm. because yeah. that's when he's gonna be most effective. Like, he's probably able to play 35 minutes a game he's probably gonna stay healthy you know we don't exactly know if that's true but you know so far so good for him he's been able to play you know a ton of minutes and been you know fine and you're you're not gonna risk it but I think the whole thing is about finding a happy medium for Joel Embiid and maybe if you're able to keep him fresh play him 25 minutes a game and you're able to get to huge lead then you're able to pull him and get him more rest I think you need to keep Joel Embiid fresh and that's going to keep you away from making Ben Simmons create and being his own player. It's going to you know put less pressure off Markel Fultz because Joel Embiid is a guy that has been there for a long time. He hasn't played there for a long time. Yeah. Only, what, now about 60 games in his career, 25 and 31. <laughs> uh, but it's something where he should be the guy now in Philadelphia. And yeah. I think something where you're having him not on the court for three straight games, that's going to hurt you. I don't think you need to be worrying in Philadelphia. I think you just need to have better time management if you are Brett Brown and if you are the 76ers kind of organization. Well, But if I'm a fan, I would be worried because it's like, why aren't we I, I would be questioning, like, why aren't we using Embiid more? Why are we resting him? I get the, like, well, why they are we are resting using him so much? Him they're using him 35 but, minutes a game, and they have to take him back so you can use him but in general. The thing that I look at is this team, and it's just Philadelphia. I know that Hinky is gone and Trust the Process is still living, but it's not Hinky in general. I still have a weird feeling that the Philadelphia 76ers are okay with, like, losing all these games because, mm. oh, we get more draft picks and then we'll just add those players to these guys that we already have. The thing I would worry with the 76ers is when are they... They've got Embiid, which it's very rare to have a guy who is a crowd favorite, is the leader of your team, and is actually a good player, like the triple threat. Great player. A great yep. player. And then you have Ben Simmons, who, yes, does he need a little bit more of a scorer's mentality? Yeah, but he can do other things with the bat. Uh, th- let, like let him 16, grow. That's, seven and that's seven what I'm or saying, but yeah. I'm going off of what Dave was saying with like the scorer's mentality, and you do have Markel Fultz. You're, it, I would look at it, and I'm, I'm just worried, like, when are we going to flip that switch? When are the 76ers flipping the switch and being like, we're a playoff team? 
We're not going to go through a stretch where we're three and ten in our last few games because most good playoff teams don't do that. Cavs. Don't go three and Cavs. ten. I said most don't do that. <clears throat> the Cavs, they have the best player in the world. Who LeBron versus Embiid taking LeBron? Best player in the world. Take. Couple All Stars. No yeah. big deal. They can go three and ten. It's all right. No teams are going to have their struggles, especially a young team like I think. I think yeah. Dave hit it with consistency, but I, I don't think they should be worrying. It sounds like you feel like they should be worrying a little bit more. No, no. I, not at I, all. Maybe I took it wrong. My thing maybe is I'm just, just not listening to you. consistency is going to kill them no matter what because they're a young team. And Brett Brown used Joel Embiid like a crutch throughout the majority of the season, and improperly so. And you saw it. Like, in no, I don't care how much a regular season game matters to you. He shouldn't have played, you know, at 48 minutes in yep. that game. Like that that shouldn't be a thing. That's stupid coaching. You're talking I about the it. Minnesota the game. game. Well, yeah. No. Well, no. He played 49 in the triple OC. 49. Game against yeah, that's OKC. And then the night oh, before, he yeah. played like the thirty-eight against Minnesota. Yeah, so it just you don't, it was you, like it was the twelfth and fifteenth, so there was a you know a couple days break in there. But still, matter. that's back to back OT back to back games, and it's just too many minutes. And look, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think Embiid should be a thirty-minute guy. Like I don't, I don't see him. He's not productive. The long, it's not like you said, his productivity doesn't drop off, but his time in the following games does. So you get overall minutes by cutting back down to 30, 28 minute range. Perfect. I'm fine with that. But Brett Brown needs to learn to use the other guys in his team because if he doesn't, they're not going to have an option when Embiid goes off the court. And you look at their plus minus is hilariously dip. It just drops right off the face of the earth when Embiid's not out there because they don't have a number one option. And look, I like Brett Brown. He came from a great system, great coaching tree, but they need to figure out who their number two on offense is. Like J.J. Redick averaging 17 points a game mm-hmm. is not something that Anyone expected, well, I sort of called it a little bit before the year, but you were even giving me shit about it, no, it being being the second best scoring option on the team. It's like he's he shouldn't be the guy who's there to carry your, carry you in offense. Well, You need to go out there and— I feel—you're saying scoring option. Scoring I, option, I, points I, for game. Like, I feel offensive options, still second is Ben Simmons. Because offensively, yeah. he does so much well, he for has the you. Ball, his per is high because he has the ball in his hands all the time. Or, I'm sorry, his usage is high because the ball is well, yeah, in his but, hands. But even then, I mean, he still has the same amount of points as, as J.J. Redick. And he's still going to be a guy that's going to be taking players away, opening up J.J., opening up Rocco, opening up Markel Fultz when he comes back at, at some point. There's no yeah. timetable set for that. But when he comes back, opening up players like that, he does more than just score. And I feel like he's got, still your second option offensively. Oh, yeah. I, I get that. It's just that it just comes down to like how that offense flows without Joel Embiid versus when he's in there is night and day, and that's the mystery they need to solve. Mm-hmm. If they can figure out how to run their offense successful, successfully with Rashawn Holmes in there, or, God forbid, I hate Amir Johnson, um, but like e- even picking up uh, Booker hasn't been bad for them. It's just they don't, they don't have really that solved. Well, yeah. They, yeah, it's just they don't have it solved yet, and I'm hoping Fultz coming back, you know, even p- putting up like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, he gets to, you know, as you build him back in, like, I'm hoping that will solve this problem because they're at a loss for what to do without Embiid on the court sometimes. Double-sided question I want to throw out to both of you. It's because you mentioned Brett Brown. Yeah. First side of the question is, I'll, just for the point of argument, I'll say that, or to avoid argument, when the 76ers flip the script, and when I say that I mean, like, they flip it to where we're a playoff team and we're successful. I think they're a playoff team right now. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying like when it's like every single year down the line, when it's like playoff team, playoff team, playoff team. I think that team, starts this year. And they've proved it. Okay. Do you think, A, do you think Brett Brown is the coach for that? And B, if they don't make the playoffs this year, 
would you be on the train of, yeah, let's get rid of Brett Brown, let's get a different coach in here that can take our team to the next level? I think Brett Brown is the coach, and I feel like, no, they do not fire him after this year, even if they don't make okay. the playoffs. Because I'm on the I, other side. I do not think that for this team, I don't think that Brett Brown's going to be the coach when this team is a successful playoff team. Because right now, I don't think they're making the playoffs this year. Okay, but why? Why I don't you think they're making the playoffs? Because and I why just, do you think that's Brett Brown's I fault? look at it, and I think that this team— needs like the thing that like Brett Brown he's decent in my mind of yeah it's a lot to manage everything that's going with all the injuries and the minutes for this team Mm -hmm. I just don't think he's the guy to get the most out of the players to make them a consistent using a word that Dave used a consistent team and playoff 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 I think it's you know what let's get rid of him let's get a different guy in not because it's like oh you're a shit coach let's get out of here it's just you're not the right one for our future. That's what I feel like. It's gonna the Sixer fans will look back on it when the Sixers are a really good team and say, you know what, we respect Brett Brown for what he did to kind of all start this, but he wasn't the coach to get us over that stone and get us to the playoffs each and every year. I disagree with that. I think that he's doing a fine job. I think that he's mismanaging Embiid right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and by mismanaging him, I think he mismanaged him for a month, and that can totally change coming from January uh, February, I terrible with my months. March, yeah. April, and then going into you know June and uh, did I miss one? May, May, and <laughs> May June. is a month. Respect um, it. Yeah, I'm terrible with months. Uh, but I feel like Brett, 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 Brett Brown had a bad month managing Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. and he's still trying to find what his limits are, wh- when he could push him, how far he could push him. Again, you don't want to lose Joel Embiid, but you want to use. No, you don't. Joel the problem is he trusts him at his word, which you can't do mm-hmm. as a coach yeah. to a player like. The guy is always going to want to go. He's a gamer. He, he loves to play. He Joel wants to be in there. is not going to shut up. He was he's... out there wincing in pain from his mm-hmm. back, and he's like, no, nah, I'm not coming out, though. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you have to know what's best for your team in the long run because, again, a couple regular season games well, in, in December and November and will, don't matter. And will that in itself get ownership to say, yeah, you know, because right now you got to think of it where Joel Embiid – I'm gonna I'm gonna use the word fragile only because of the injury yeah, and what kind it, of player that he is. And I know that you had so many ins and outs to that contract that you just right. signed him to. Right. But you put a big amount of investment into a guy with injury history and a guy who plays because big men with injury histories usually they don't get contracts like right. that. But so with that alone, to, like this didn't yeah. exist before is the difference. With, with a lot, with a, men like Joel Embiid didn't with, exist. That's for, the with thing. those facts, though, I wonder if the mismanaging and of course everything can change. But if that continues to be a trend, if ownership goes, yeah, I invested a lot of money in this guy. I don't want to kill him. I want to make sure I get my money's worth. From this investment, I don't think Brett Brown's like let's kill Joel Embiid. No, I think Brett Brown would really he like just to wants, have he Joel just, Embiid on his team. And I, <laughs> I think he's just trying it. to figure out no, no, no. How he just wants to win yeah. games. Like, yeah. and that's the bottom line as a coach. Your goal is to does, win games. Does Brett Brown feel pressured to win games this yeah. year? Now, I Maybe think he true. does. I think that I don't I, think he does. I, There's no reason to. When you this have, is, he went through some of the worst seasons in mm-hmm. NBA history. Yeah, it'd be like the Browns did not get fired after three years of being the Browns. Like he just doesn't but, happen. Mm-hmm. The, the That's thing, what I'm saying. Is it's different the than thi- the yeah. NFL. The thing is, I think I think it's different because it, it's, it's it's sort of similar to what they're doing with Hugh Jackson mm-hmm. right now. Hugh Jackson is going through one of the worst seasons in NFL history. You could probably say two seasons. The in a row. Yeah, exactly. The 
two two worst seasons in NFL history, mm-hmm. and they're saying that they're going to stand by him. Yeah. I feel like that says a lot about his job security. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I feel if he mismanages Joel Embiid throughout the whole season, then yeah, there's probably well, no, a conversation. That's what I'm saying. There's like, probably a conversation. This, but this is this one bad season. Continues. If it one continues, then yeah, the he, season, he deserves maybe. to be fired because it's going to lead to Joel Embiid getting injured. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to do that. I think yeah. that it's it's kind of too hot of a take. To be saying Brett Brown's mm-hmm. getting fired after this well, year because he's not making the. Ricky's just going for Sean no, the no, no, no. Man on this show. I mean, I wasn't saying that he was for That's sure. That's my going, job, Ricky. <laughs> I wasn't going to say he was for sure getting fired after this year. I was saying that I don't see him. If I'm looking at my well, crystal that, ball, you said that they're not. Making the, you yeah, said they're not making the playoffs. And I don't if think he, they, they don't are. make the playoffs. He's getting fired. So you're well, pretty much no, saying no, he's no, getting no. fired. I asked that here just to clarify. I asked that question, but for me, if I answered it, no, I don't think they make the playoffs. Now, them making the playoffs does that just mean he's gone or he stays? No, if they miss the playoffs, he can stay. It's a lot of the different issues like managing Joel Embiid. My whole thing is looking into my crystal ball, doing what you did during the Raptors, and then closing my eyes and visualizing the 76ers mm-hmm. as a playoff threat. I'm talking about years down the line when we're expecting them to be like three, four, no, not three, maybe a little high, four, five seed in the Eastern Conference. Is Brett Brown the coach I see on the sideline when that time comes? Yes. That answer is no, in my mind. Dave, do no. you have an answer? I, I do. And Are they making the playoffs this year? I, I think that, I think there's still a good chance that they're making the playoffs. East is weak. They, they're they just on a bad streak right now. They've got a couple guys coming back. I, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think they'll make it into the playoffs. I think they're an 8th seed. I think seed. they're better than the Pacers. I think they're better than the Heat. I think they're better than the Knicks. I think it's just all whether, these teams are better well, yeah. than them right now. It's just they're, they're not able to have their team out on the floor. Right, and that's that's the biggest problem. I think Brett Brown is one of those coaches that you want to hang on to and see what he does. Again, uh, and I don't want to treat him like Pop because he's not Pop, but you come from the tree, you look at the guys who've come mm-hmm. out of that tree, and you know four out of five are hits. Pretty much, I want to say four out of five are hits. Like it just comes down to I think and I believe in him and what he's doing. I've seen nothing up to this point other than the injury to or the, or the mismanagement of MB during this last month, where I really have any concern about Brett Brown up to that point. Nah, like as head coach, you have a lot of jobs. You're, well, you're spinning a lot of plates. Like would I like to see feel- TLC and Furkan progress? Yeah, TLC's regressed this year. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Like you have you know one of your one of your higher. Draft selections, still a first like round pick, yeah. and you know sitting on the bench because he's not. Well, he's actually getting time. But sadly. do you feel like Fultz can also be thrown into that mismanagement as well if, with the whole shoulder injury? I that, mean, because they, they kept playing him. That's just confusing because I don't know what really. I, like they say, like you had his personal trainer. They changed his shot. He or did he get hurt and then he changed his shot? Did he change his shot that caused that injury? Like the whole thing is still murky, and no one's ever going to come out and clear the air on it. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like. I'm not going to blame him for a Fultz thing. That, no. I feel like I'm he deserves some blame. I feel like every party involved in that whole Fultz thing <laughs> deserves blame. I think Fultz deserves blame. I think you his, want to blame him? Yeah, I think, I think his... I would blame uh, Fultz. I would Fultz blame his personal I trainer. I think Fultz's yeah. team deserves blame. I think the 76ers deserve blame. I think the I think worst Brett part is... You're right, because after, well. after the first you know game of watching him play, it was like, is this like the worst first overall pick feeling? Because he just looked uncomfortable on the floor. And the second game was like, oh, no, he just can't shoot right now. And it was just you knew something was wrong, but you didn't know what it was. They talked about him having, like, the yips. They're like, this is just bizarre. And then it comes out that, oh, yeah, his shoulder's completely fucked up at this yeah. point because he's an idiot. So, I mean, like, uh, yeah, you knew something was up, but a couple games, I don't know. I- I'm not blaming I'm not blaming Brent Brown. I still think he's probably the right coach for this team. I just I need to see them figure out their offense, their, the way they play without Joel Embiid. And actually, you know, be 
good and consistent with it. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get consistency not. out of J.J. Redick. You assume that Ben Simmons is going to get more consistent throughout the year because mm-hmm. he's oh, yeah. just... You he's know, freaking gaining... incredible. Like, I'm yeah, not Shane he's, on no, he's... Ben Simmons is fucking incredible. I'm, I'm saying he's going to get more consistent scoring as well throughout the year just because he's going to get more comfortable. He's going to be able to pick apart defenses more. I mean, yeah. I know he can't attack with his right hand. One, is it left hand or right, right hand? I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, it's time. one hand. I forget uh, which. He's, 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 he's very ball dominant. I think, it's, I think he's a lefty. Um, he's very ball dominant with his left hand because it's the whole foul shooting thing too. Of like he shoots with his right and he's got awful. It's like just shoot to your do- switch yeah. to your dominant hand. But kid. the but uh, maybe def- defenses will be able to figure that out. But I think he's just so dominant, so athletic yeah. that doesn't matter. Um, I, I don't really have any worries about these teams. I mean, this team is so talented. And you, you look still got at Joel Dario Embiid, anchoring down. When, you know? uh, Dario hasn't been great. No, but he's not. It's Dario. Like people have different expectations of what he's going to be. I feel like he should be doing better than what he is right now. I, I think 12, 5, and 3 probably is about right. That's what he's doing right now. Yeah. So, I'm just guessing. And the thing I want to clarify when I like say six. when <laughs> I say worry about the 76ers, I'm only talking about this season. Like, I have no worry about their five years down the line. I mean, if, like, you, don't are believe, they not I if you don't believe in Joel Embiid and you think Fultz mm-hmm. is a bust, then maybe you should be worried well, about no, down well, the line because they only have one legit player. I don't think Joel Embiid is going to be a bust. Markel Fultz, we'll see what he does. I don't think it's going to be a bust overall. I think this season, though, I'd be worried. I think the player that has higher bust potential is Embiid just because of his injuries. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like Fultz will be fine. I think Embiid's going to be fine as well. I don't have any problems with this. I just feel like they need to manage Embiid better. I think they're going to be able to do that. Um, I think that that's going to be something that's going to be fixed over the next year. Over the entire course of the year, I think they're going to finish as a sixth seed as well. I think the 76ers have a ton of talent. And I I don't think, you know, you look at the team's in the Eastern Conference, Pacers have Old Depot. They have Sabonis. They have you know decent talent on that team. Miles Turner, Miles Turner as well. Thank you. Seventy uh, Sixers are a more talented team. You look at the the Miami Heat. Miami Heat have a lot of veterans. They have a great coach in Spolstra. But I feel offensively, athletically, Seventy Sixers have more talent. You look at the uh, what's the other team? Not the Bucks. Knicks. Knicks. I think they're they're more talented than the Knicks as well. Watch so, out, Bulls are yeah. right behind them. Yeah, they're way more talented <laughs> than the Bulls. Um, but that's gonna wrap up the podcast. Let us know if you are worried about the Philadelphia 76ers in the comments below. Also, don't forget to check out Patreon.com/slash/MostOilPodcast. Next week we have big boards coming out on the Primetime Podcast. That's coming out on Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday. Wednesday, Thursday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we no, got Wednesday. I forgot New Year's Day, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then I think Friday. Friday, tentatively Friday, Saturday, Sunday yeah. is uh, mock draft. Report on Friday. Yeah, so around then will be uh, mock draft and big board time, so definitely check out. And if you don't want to miss it, just subscribe to the channel. We're trying mm-hmm. to get to 10K. We're hit closing that, in. Yeah. You can hit that little bell, and then you never miss a video. You can hit the notification button. So there you go. Um, and uh, T-shirts are in the mm-hmm. description down below if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio as well. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. And also, on New Year's Day... I think this might be coming out on New Year's Day as well. Go check out mostavailablepodcast.com. It's yep. a new website. It's live. Look at that on Squarespace. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, so you definitely go check that out as well. But for Dave Oster, Ricky Whitmer, we'll see you next week with a mock draft. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.